Welcome to the Money Hour with host Tina Mitchell. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited. Now in the studio, local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome to the Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, August 6th show. You can also listen to my podcast, Facebook premiere, or you can catch my show on my show YouTube channel. In addition, for more information on upcoming events, you can go to tinamitchellevents.com. I am your host, Tina Mitchell, and your local mortgage expert, bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events and how they can impact your money. If you were hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. I'm here to answer any questions or more importantly, to connect you with the guests that I have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And the lineup for today's show, we'll be having a panel conversation with my two guests, Shelly Valentine, a Valentine home sales team at Keller Williams, C-P-R-E-L-L-C, and Bill... Cohen of Cohen Caregiving Support Consultants, LLC. I will also be having a conversation with Shelly, how to throw a party for your A plus peeps on a budget, and then a followed conversation with Bill. I think my mom has dementia. What do I do first? Also, if you are watching my show on my Facebook premiere or my YouTube channel, I would like to take this opportunity to give a big shout out for my team behind the scenes but they're here on video. Uh, over at Hubbard Radio, my engineer is Benny, but he's actually out of town. And so Nathan has stepped in uh, from Hubbard. Nathan, thank you so much for stepping in. My pleasure, Tina. Glad to be filling in today. Yay. And then also my director, uh, my marketing director, Becky. Becky. Hi, thanks. I'm so excited for today's show. Yay. Uh, great support that I have again behind the scenes. Uh, so I like to give them a shout out because I the show would not exist uh, without both of them. Great information and great guests in studio. For more information on any topic discussed, please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50, or you can go online at themoneyhour.com. And now as we do each week, let's go ahead and start out with a little bit of money chat. Money. Tina Mitchell here with your money chat. The Fed has been in tightening mode, not just by hiking the Fed funds rate, but also by reducing their balance sheet. The Fed holds treasuries and mortgage-backed securities on their balance sheet. When treasuries mature or when they receive principal payments from mortgage-backed securities that they hold, someone sells their home or refinances, the Fed receives that money. Now, normally, this would mean that their balance sheet would reduce over time, so as long as they do or not purchasing. Now, until June, they were reinvesting all of those proceeds, keeping their balance sheet net neutral, which has been very stimulant for our 
our markets. Beginning in June, the Fed started to reduce their balance sheet by $47.5 billion, which was broken down into $30 billion in treasuries and $17.5 billion in mortgage-backed securities. That means that the Fed is uh, was allowing that amount to run off their balance sheet and is reinvesting in excess over that. Now, it's important to note that the Fed is not selling their holdings of treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. They are just not in reinvesting $47.5 billion. So, so far, the market has improved since June and it has not had a negative effect. This is because at the same time, origination volume is significantly less than last year, which causes less supply in mortgage-backed securities to come to the market, so the runoff has not been a concern. Now, come September, the Fed is going to be doubling their runoff, which many are concerned of what might happen. I still think that it's going to be absorbed and have a muted impact, but we'll have to see. Jobless claims keep moving on up. Initial jobless claims which measures individuals filing for unemployment benefits for the first time increased by 6,000 to 260,000. The four-week moving average with removes some of the noise moved up once again and at the highest level since November. This report can be cannery and a cold mine to show that the jobs market is starting to soften. While we have not seen major increases in claims in a given week, they have been moving consistently higher. Continued claims, which measures those of that are continued to receive benefits after their initial claims, rose 48,000 to 1.4 million, which is the highest level since the beginning of April. Now, on mortgage interest rates, I still believe that we will see them decline in the next 12 to 24 months. Historically, mortgage interest rates improve during a recession. Call to action by now. If we are in a buyer's market, and if you can win big when you have control, why not take advantage of that? Ask the seller to pay for a 2-1 buy-down now that you've got some negotiating room. This is a 2-1 buy-down on your 30-year fixed rate mortgage. This would give you a 2% lower rate for your first year, and then a 1% lower rate for your second year on your 30-year fixed rate mortgage. Your actual rate, you most likely will never pay as the it's a high probability that you will be refinancing out of that loan when rates drop back down. Tina Mitchell here, and that is your money chat. Coming up next on the Money Hour panel conversation with Shelly Valentine of Valentine Home Sales Team at Keller William Royalty and Bill Cohen of Cohen Caregiving Support Consultants right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Multicultural, multidimensional even. Alternative Talk 1150. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Now, back to the show with local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. You are listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, August 6th of the show. You can also listen to my podcast, Facebook premiere, or you can catch my show on my show YouTube channel. In addition, for more information on upcoming events that I offer, please go to tinamitchleevents.com. I am your host and local mortgage expert. It is a great day to talk about money, and that is what my show is all about, how to make money, 
save money so you can have a better quality of life for you and your family. If you are hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. I'm here to answer any questions or to connect you with the guests that I have on my show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And our panel conversation with Shelly Valentine of Valentine Home Sales Team at Keller Williams Realty and Bill Cohen of Cohen Caregiving Support Consultants LLC right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Welcome to both of you to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's an honor. You're very welcome. So before we start the panel conversation with both of you, so my listeners can to get to know a little bit about you before we get into your individual interviews, I would like to uh, go ahead and uh, read a little bit about you. So first, Shelly, beginning in 1991, nearly the entire duration of her adult career, Shelly and Valentine Home Sales team of Keller Williams Bothell has focused on marketing, branding, and identity within the real estate industry. She's sold hundreds of re- resale and new construction homes over the years and is a listing specialist, certified negotiation expert, and an accredited staging professional. Shelly has weathered the real estate recession and thrived to win production awards and earning glowing testimonials from her clients. It is her focus to always bring the highest level of knowledge and customer service to her clientele. Shelly is dedicated to this industry and is on the Keller Williams Agent Leadership Council and mentor to many. Shelly works alongside her husband, John Franklin, and son, Parker Rounds. So again, welcome, Shelly. Thank you for being here. Thank you very much for inviting me, Tina. And a little bit about Bill. Bill Cohen is a caregiver support group leader and speaker and also Heismer, Associate Volunteer, Certified Senior Advisor, and the owner of Cohen Caregiving Support Consultants. His loving and talented mother, Sheila, lost her home in Hurricane Katrina. Then she lost her health, ability to create beautiful art, and ultimately her life due to Alzheimer. For almost 10 years, Bill was her primary caregiver, advocate, not just her elder son. And thank you in your bio for sharing that story about your uh, mom, Bill. Uh, It shows your passion behind what you do, which we're going to talk about in our individual interview. Uh, So Bill, thank you for being here. Okay. So, um, and I'm having a hard time saying Alzheimer uh, here today. So bear with me if you're listening. (laughs) Okay. So uh, let's go ahead and get into our first question. Uh, Shelly, for you, what life experience brought you in to your line of work? Well, I started out as a graphic designer and I was hired by a Bellevue real estate company to um, do some marketing for uh, builders and developers and um, and then got wrapped into the street of dreams. If you even remember what that was so many years ago. Um, but that's, that's how I ended up getting started. And, and, uh, I was on site at the street of dreams one day and, um, John Heller, the owner of Starwood development saw me on site talking to uh, a potential buyer of one of those homes. And he had said, you need to get licensed. And I did. And there was no turning back. It was really fun for me. I loved it. Yeah, thank you. And Bill, I can imagine that your mom uh, had some inspiration in uh, what you do today, but share what brought you in your line of work. 
Yeah, what I like to say is that if you had asked me about 18 years ago that I'd be sitting here talking to you and doing what I do, I'd say, no way, you couldn't make up that scenario. Because I was working for the state of Oregon in a completely unrelated line of work. Uh, there are some common threads to what I did in the past. But after she lost her home at Katrina and I became her caregiver, uh, like you said, it was a 10 year journey. And then after she passed away, I kept going to the same support group, but then I became the volunteer and facilitator and started doing the walked-in Alzheimer's. I'm doing leading Team Sheila for the ninth year and also doing advocacy at the legislature. But I still thought when I was getting close to formal retirement with the state that I would just do more of that. Well, I came across this concept of a caregiving support consultant. And I'm so glad that I did because I turned my loss and my personal, my pain into my passion and my encore career. I love that term. Yes, I yeah, I love that too. And and I love hearing the stories and sharing it uh, with our listeners before we get into our individual uh, interview sessions, just to uh, know a little bit about you and uh, how that connected to what you do today uh, in serving uh, your clients. So Shelly, what natural gift do you have that helps you in your business? Uh well, I'm a good facilitator. So um, as a listing specialist, there's a lot of preparation that goes into making sure that that house is ready for market. And a lot of um, pieces have to be connected uh, to make sure you're presenting it as it's branded. So uh, super important um, to listen to what the, the, the seller's needs are and to work around that and implement how are we going to get them top dollar, top dollar in the shortest amount of time. So trying to keep it all together, delegation, uh, organizational skills, and being friendly and a great listener. Yes. Yeah. And I know that you've got a little uh, puppy over there, um, uh, maybe scratching on the door. Don't worry about it. This is, this is what's great about uh, uh, virtual and the spaces that we're in. And for those of you that are watching uh, us on video, you actually see, I'm assuming that is the dog that we're talking about up on your virtual background. Yes. Uh, no, no, that's a, that's oh, a what? Oh my gosh, my eyes are terrible. <laughs> it looked like a little shih tzu or something. I've got, I have you guys all scrunched in here so that I can have nice oh. eye content. Okay, well, forget that. Uh, if you're listening to the show, um, you might be over there cracking up. I hope you are. Anyways, okay. Uh, so thank you uh, for that, uh, Shelly. Bill, what natural gift do you have that helps you in business? So as you alluded to, uh, my mom had a big influence on me. I sometimes refer to her as my first female friend. We had a very close, loving relationship. Wow. She was an artist. And I think she brought out the nurturer in me because as you probably know, the vast majority of caregivers, professional and uh, family are women. Yeah, Most are not men, although that is growing. And so be able to be empathetic and listening, asking a lot of questions, I can, put myself into their place because I've been there. I can support them because I've been there. Uh, going back to my previous careers, they seem unrelated, but customer service and helping people is the common thread throughout all of them. So that's always comes first for me. Yeah, yeah, great answer. Uh, Shelly, what is your unique proposition? Hmm. Um, unique proposition, well, being full service, uh, and having that marketing background certainly has 
brought a lot of value uh, to every seller we have. Absolutely. Um, uh, having that, uh, I don't know, ability to just plug everything in that is super important, whether it's marketing or um, staging or whatever it is and understanding that it's the big picture, but all the little tiny elements that fill in to make that big picture fruitful. Yes. And I, I love that how in bringing in a past career, how it helps you, because absolutely, as a, a real estate agent, you have to know how to market and either kind of learn it as you go along or you have experience of being in that industry and then you can really level up. And yeah, every single small touch that you make in the marketing process, every word that you use, the color, all of that ties into whether it's going to be successful uh, or not and at what level of success um, net income or net profit that people are going to be making. Yes. Very important. Uh, Bill, what about you? What is your unique proposition? So two big issues that I saw when I started my journey with my mom back in the mid two thousands was that uh, you may uh, we're old enough to remember the term walking, led your fingers through the walking through the yellow pages. It was really hard to find resources. You had to do a lot of calling. So uh, the other is that most of the focus, rightly so, is on the people with dementia or other chronic illnesses because they either can't take care of themselves and or they can't make their own decisions. But who is saying to the caregiver, how are you doing? What resources do you need? What support do you need? That's what I found sorely lacking. And so when I came across this concept of a caregiving support consultant said, I can do this because I know what caregivers need. That's what I needed. I needed somebody like me back then, but it didn't exist. So. Yeah, that's thank right. You. All right, Bill. Um, Sherry, what is your business tagline and what's the meaning behind it? Helping people from the heart uh, is our business tagline, and uh, mainly because our passion is our business. Um, we are constantly um, looking ahead for our clients and making sure that they're being taken care of. and. A lot of times when people come to me with, hey, I need to sell my house and here's the reason why, um, we'll, we'll start asking those questions about, okay, where are you gonna go? Um, what's important to you uh, in selling your home? Um, what, what, uh, what's the scenario behind the scenes? Like asking those questions, like, are they behind on payments? Or uh, is there some kind of life circumstance that's making them feel rushed to um, make a, a hasty decision? Yeah. Sometimes we actually talk people out of selling, like this is not a good time for you. You know, just making sure that it's not just like a check for me. This is really about a, a good experience for people and making sure that we're taking good care of them. Because if you pay that forward and they feel that you do care, they're, they're going to remember that. And it's just kind of like putting that positive energy into the world. It only will come back to you. Good. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Shelly. Uh, what about you, Bill? What is your tagline and what is the meaning behind that tagline? So I gave you the short version. I'm going to give you a longer one in a moment. I already said I can support you. I've been there. Uh, the other is my business is like New England clam chowder. 
<laughs> and not just because I'm from there. It's that because chowder is usually served at the beginning of a meal to whet your appetite for what's going to come later. I work with many caregivers at the beginning of their journey and help them along the way. My chowder is on the stove. May I bring you a hearty bowl? <laughs> so, and I also, that also is because I have a food and beverage background. That was my first career. So, and being from New England myself, although I've been in the Pacific Northwest for over 30. So that's the main reason. Uh, it's again, the serving, it's the empathy, it's the compassion. Uh, and I've got a background coming in from so many areas in financial services, uh -huh. government. Uh, I'm a certified senior advisor, which many people in finance and mortgage and real estate are in, uh, actually more than people in senior care, and I've taken many courses. So it, it all has come together to this point, and that's yeah. why I love that tagline. Oh, that is great. I was in the here. food, what was that? Yeah, it sums up what I do. Yeah, are yeah. you hungry now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I am. So I want some clam chatter. I love clam chatter. Uh, yeah, I was in the food and beverage industry as well. That was my first career uh, 27 years ago because I've been doing mortgages for 27 years. But yeah, my tagline is helping families reach their dream of homeownership one mortgage at a time. And I bought my first house when I was 20 years old. And um, growing up, we had quite the struggle uh, with keeping a roof over our head. I used to play my violin at Pike Place Market with my little sister to help my parents uh, pay the bills. So for me, homeownership and being able to accomplish that at a young age uh, uh, means a lot. So yeah, I love taglines and I love to know the why behind them. So thank you for uh, sharing. All right. So that's the end of our panel conversation. Coming up next in the money hour, Shelly Valentine, how to throw a party for your A plus peeps on a budget. Valentine home sales team at Keller Williams Realty right here on 1150 AM. KKNW. Need help getting started with self-help? You came to the right place. Alternative Talk, 1150. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Now, back to the show with local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. You are listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, August 6th show. You can also listen to my podcast, catch my Facebook premiere, or you can listen to my show on our YouTube show YouTube channel. In addition, for information on upcoming events that I have, please go to Tina, e Tina Mitchell, forgot my last name for a second, events.com. I am your host, Tina Mitchell, and your local mortgage expert. I'm here to help you build a strong financial blueprint one week and one show at a time. If you are listening to my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. I am here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that I have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And now in studio, Shelly Valentine, a Valentine home sales team at Keller Williams Royalty. How to throw a party for your A plus peeps on a budget right here on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm really excited for this uh, title. Uh, when I invite guests in, uh, because I feel that they're going to be of great value to uh, my listeners, I let you come up with your own title for the show and what you're going to be 
be talking about. And I was really excited to see this as a real estate expert to bring in uh, your expertise in your career before real estate in marketing. So excited to share this with my listeners because uh, no matter what we're talking about, whether it's business or life, we need to understand how to market everything that we have to offer. Right, Shelly? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. So Shelly, let's, um, what are some of the benefits of having an event for your A plus peeps? Well, it is an excellent way to stay top of mind with your clients or potential clients. You can invite either. It's wonderful. Yeah. And I, I always say for me, it took me quite a few years in my 27 year mortgage career to realize what my magic sauce is. And mm -hmm. it is events because I can invite somebody over for, to my house for dinner, or I can invite them to my dinner party. And that's what will events will do. When you have events for your clients, you're inviting them to a party. You are the host. So think back when you go to a great uh, dinner party, we're talking about events, but look at a, a dinner party and you're like, wow, that was awesome. And you, you put it together. People meet their business partners. They find their best friends. They find their spouses. They have kids. So groups are great when you can put events together because it's introducing and getting people together in one place. So I, I love that. So Shelly, how do you define your sphere of influence? So this is a lot, uh, it's a buzzword in the industry, an SOI or sphere of influence. Um, your sphere of influence are your handful of people, like maybe five uh, people that no matter what, uh, they, they have your back. They'll hear somebody, uh, out at coffee and talking, overhearing somebody talk about how they're about ready to put their house on the market. And they're the one that's going to stand up and go over to that person and say, hey, do I have the agent for you? Yeah. And that that is your core. So that that's your core people. And then, but what's um, so wonderful about that is that that outreach is huge. It's not just like at, you know, at a coffee shop, you could be at a dentist office. Yeah. And you hear about it and, oh, I know somebody perfect for you. And it's that core group of people that like your star core group. Yeah. And they're the ones that um, also, they're not, they're not asking the question. They're leading with the advice. It's not like, would you like me to connect you with Shelly? It's like, I am going to connect you with Shelly. Mm -hmm. You need to have a conversation with her. If you're thinking about buying and selling real estate, right? I mean, that's your sphere of influence, that yep. passion behind that introduction. So Shelly, what do you hope to achieve uh, when you're having an event, what should be the expectations? So what you're hoping to achieve, uh, first and foremost, is stay top of mind. So whenever anyone thinks of real estate, when they're away from you, they automatically think of you. So it, it could be like, I need to paint that wall. Who do I know that paints? Well, I'm going to call Shelly because she knows everybody. Yeah. So, you know, uh, it's like they being that person that just is the connector for anything real estate. So top of mind is like, it's almost like a crown you give to other people. I'm giving you all of this wealth and this crown and you get to wear it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Shelly, um, so how do you choose an event that fits the image of your business and your brand? 
That is a really important question because I've seen a lot of agents that don't even have a brand. Yeah. And first and foremost, I mean, that is a whole other segment. Yes. And you should well, maybe come back to talk about brand. Exactly. Branding yourself is incredibly important. How are you, how do you expect to stand out? And not only that, are you with a company that allows you to brand yourself? Yes. Because some companies don't allow that. So um, you just have, you got it. You've got to brand yourself and choosing something that fits that brand is super important. Like um, I wouldn't really necessarily choose certain events over another because it's not either an interest or anything that I would do, uh -huh. um, but something that kind of backs up your brand um, is uh, it, it'll be more um, comfortable for you to throw that event. If it's something that is a, a little bit more common to you. Now that, that doesn't mean that you can't do anything different. It just means it might not be feeling natural to you. So you want to choose an event that really does support your brand and feels natural to you to throw. Yeah. So, you know, maybe in, in the real estate space and in bringing your brand with real estate is, is having a, a bus party to go out and look at uh, tour amazing, beautiful homes, right? Would that be an example, Shelley? That, that would be something that would be wonderful to do. The last couple of years, the market has moved way too fast to organize. Yes. Like now that. we've got some time. Yes. Uh, right? uh, but in, in this um, upcoming and beginning stages of this uh, more balanced market, mm -hmm. that's something that I would totally get into. Yeah. That would be super fun. Super fun. Mm -hmm. All right. And uh, what things do you need to think about when planning uh, for your event? Well, there's a lot of things you should think about. And I do have a big long list, but the most important things are, what is your budget? Um, what day of the week are you going to do this? Um, and when you think of day of the week, you need to consider traffic. How are people going to get there and leave? Um, weather, uh, is weather a factor? Say you're doing an event at a, um, like a baseball game and um, it's uh, early spring or spring or spring training or anything like that. And it's outside. What are you going to do with the food? You know, who's going to, who's going to cater the event? Mm -hmm. um, are you just going to give, uh, you know, buy everyone a hot dog and a drink and you hand out tickets or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of things. You just don't want to say, Hey, everybody meet me at the movie theater. You really do need to think about, okay, what time, what's the best time for your clientele or potential clientele? Um, you know, what day of the week's best? Are you going to be, um, uh, frustrated with uh, other crowds of people if it's in a um, much more public scenario. So I, I could go on and on with that one. <laughs> yeah. And uh, also, as you were talking, I was thinking because initially, you know, starting small and working your way up can be helpful to actually, otherwise you may just get stuck and never do it. And a, a great way to start out small when you said the movie theater is not necessarily you have to rent the whole theater and have the show. You can invite people to somewhere that you're going and that's, you're not actually having the event, but you're inviting to an event that somebody else has already put on, but you're mm -hmm. bringing a group of people together with you for, you know, let's go to the winery there. They've got this concert there and mm -hmm. it's really easy to not have to, you're not having to coordinate it, but it's also easy to pick up the phone and, and you may say, well, what if people don't come? It doesn't matter if you get one person there because 
because they don't know that you tried to invite a hundred people and it's uh-huh. not about them showing up. It's about having the opportunity to reach out and say, Hey, Shelly, I was thinking about you and I'm mm-hmm. going to this event that the winery is having. And I would love it if you and your husband are open to attend, you know, come. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. I call that, I call that organic events. Oh, so, I love um, that. A good event that, that we like to call organic is, um, uh, low tide at the beach. So uh-huh. we tell everyone in advance when low tide days are, it's typically mm-hmm. June. And then we just have people meet. It's uh-huh. pretty fun. It costs nothing. Yes. And all you do is just hang out Yeah. And, yeah. And, and poke at the things in the water. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Sounds fun. Uh, so how do you decide who to invite to your event? Well, um, this one, when you think about it, like, would you be, if you're going to do something in a winery and you have a young family, I mean, maybe you don't invite the kids. So, um, depending on what you do, um, even like a wine and sip, anything involving alcohol, you want to be careful about like, are they inviting the whole family? Are kids involved? Do they drink? I mean, things like that, because a big, a lot of people don't drink. So you don't want to, you know, offend anyone either. So yeah, I just know your people that you're going to be inviting enough to invite them to an event that might be a little edgy. Yeah, that's, uh, that's great, great advice. And you can have that, that combination of, you know, the play, the play date, event versus the, uh, couples, uh, cooking class event, right. Or just the girls, we're just going to do a girl thing. Uh, you know, so for, for some of my uh, power partners, I'll do Manny Petty day. The guys aren't invited, you know, it's Manny Petty days for the girls. So have fun and get some uh, mixture of things there. So how do you promote your event? Uh, Shelly. So one of my favorite things to keep in mind is, uh, I call it the 33 touch program. So each, you take a year and you want to touch the people, your clients, past clients, or future clients that you think are going to be clients, um, 33 times a year. And what events do is they give you tons of opportunity to touch them. You can call and invite them to an event. You can send them a postcard uh, and invite them to the event. An email, you can do an evite. That's like four different or five different touches right there. And we're not even talking about after you, after the event's over and you get to touch them again. Yeah, It's a really great way to, to stay top of mind. It's a soft and a fun way to stay top yes. of mind. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, Shelly, how do you market yourself during the event? So you're okay. not missing, you don't want to miss the opportunity because it is your event. So you need to share. And I always say, you know, Mari, we've got to have a level of responsibility with our product. If we're not doing a great job in sharing what we do, it's a missed opportunity for the people that need us, right? But how do you do that in a balance that you're not making it all about you? Right. So we always take about five minutes to just uh, call out uh, thank yous. Yeah. So we, you know, everyone, a little bit of, qu- I would like, I'd like your attention. And then always have maybe a banner in the background reminding people you can do a drawing. Hey, we're going to do a drawing for like an iPad or something like that. And not only do I do that, but I will have sponsors and that's for a later question, I'm sure that help too. And then they will, they will give a useful bit of information about um, like uh, mortgages or title or escrow, or maybe you invited a chocolatier to come and talk about their chocolate business. 
Yeah, I love that. So uh, how do you follow up after the event? Because you don't want to miss up the follow-up. You don't want to miss the follow-up opportunity. Well, here's, here's the fun thing. Like you can uh, post on, post in social media and tag all the people that are in your social media and friends and say, oh my gosh, it was such a great party. It was really fun mingling and getting to know one another. Um, uh, and don't forget what you did before to get their attention about the event. You can also do after, you know, thank you very much. A phone call. Thank you very much for coming. It was really great to see you and stay tuned for the next event. Yeah, that is uh, it's, uh, uh, really great. And depending on the, the industry that you're uh, in, I would really uh, look at putting together a uh, VIP VIP uh, program to where it's it's based on those introductions, really getting it excited and making it a game of, you know, every time that you introduce, it gives you points, you're going to that next level, because that's what companies do to get us to like, oh, well, we want to use our points or we want to use our special card uh, for being a, a member, right? So have fun exactly. with it. So mm -hmm. last question before we wrap it up in our last uh, couple minutes, uh, what if you don't have the funds in your budget? Because that is probably the biggest thing that people are like, yeah, I, I just, I don't have, I don't have the funds in my budget to be able to do an event well it's scalable it is first set what your budget amount is mm -hmm. and stay within it or try to stay within it or simply go back to an organic event that costs you nothing except hey low tide event is coming on these days we're going to be there from noon till two come and enjoy a hot dog on me and then you bring a bunch of hot dogs in a cooler or something Yes. Yeah. Because the, the reality is, is you have to find in your budget, um, to have events, you have to bring people together, make those connections, be the host of the party. Mm -hmm. And because people don't want to be left out of the cool kids club. And so yeah. put those things together, you're going to stand out. Uh, you're going to be able to make meaningful connections for them with each other, which is powerful. Mm -hmm. And as Shelly shared, there's a lot of ways um, to be able to do it at low money or bring in some sponsors and have them pay for it all. So Shelly, thank you so much for coming into studio. It was a pleasure having a conversation with you and I look forward to having you back. Well, you're welcome, Tina. I look forward to coming back. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Coming up next on the Money Hour, Bill Cohen. I think my mom has dementia. What do I do first? Cohen caring caregiving support consultants, LLC, right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Exploring new territory every day. This is Alternative Talk 1150. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk 1150 AM. Now, back to the show with local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. You are listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, August 6th show. You can also listen to my podcast, my Facebook premiere, or you can catch my show on my show YouTube channel. In addition, for more information on my upcoming events, you can go to tinamitchellevents.com. I am your host, Tina Mitchell, and your local mortgage expert. I bring into studio each week the best of the best experts in our local market on everything regarding your money. And now in studio, Bill Cohen. Cohen caregiving support consultants, LLC. I think my mom has dementia. What do I do first right here on an, on 1150 AM at KKNW? Uh, Bill, welcome back to the show. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Very excited to, uh, to have you. So Bill, why did you become uh, caregiving? I know we talked a little bit in our panel uh, conversation, but you know, 
Why a caregiving giving support consultant? Again, as I mentioned earlier, people suddenly are seeing those signs that we we're gonna talk about it in a moment. And what, what do they do now? Or there's been a diagnosis, wow, dementia, Alzheimer's, they're not prepared. And so they feel alone, they're feeling overwhelmed, exhausted, and they don't know where to turn first because that's how I felt about 18 years ago. Yeah, and isn't it, it's, it's such a beautiful thing when, uh, when you go through a tragic uh, life event and you don't have the resources that you need, that it inspires you to be that resource for someone else that goes through that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, Bill, when did you first become concerned about your mom's symptoms? Because we talked a little bit in the beginning of the show and in the introduction, and maybe you can kind of give a recap of that, uh, with your mom who has passed from, uh, Alzheimer's. So where, when did you start to be concerned? I'd say somewhere around 2004, uh, she was living in Biloxi, Mississippi. Obviously I'm not from there. Uh, and she was showing signs like paranoia, confusion, not taking care of the house, not taking care of the finances, uh, just mood swings, things like that. And definitely some memory issues. Uh, she, uh, the, the taxes were sitting on a table on a, in the dining room, hardly being touched. She, uh, what I heard from other family members, she'd move them around a little bit and then walk away. She used to be a whiz. She was, oh. she was an early adapter of a, of a Mac. She followed Motley uh, Fool. I almost said Motley Crew. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no fan. She was <laughs> but, quite the partier. <laughs> right, exactly. She would do the taxes herself and then run it by a CPA. She yeah. wasn't handling it. And we thought that, and she was in the caregiving role herself from my late stepfather. And we thought if he went into a uh, care community or passed away, because he was on hospice, uh, would she bounce back? Was it just stress? Was it age? Mm, was it yeah. that she was just exhausted? We never got that opportunity because of what happened at the end of this month, back in 2005 on the Gulf Coast, Katrina. Yeah. The house that had survived all the other storms was completely swept away down to the foundation. Needless to say, the trauma of seeing her house gone exacerbated, accelerated, was whatever was starting to come on. Oh. And we did get her on some of the, a couple of the medications to try to manage her behaviors. Because even now, as you may know, maybe your listeners know, there is still no cure or treatment. Yes. We're, getting, yeah. we're getting closer. Yeah. Um, my mother-in-law quite a few years ago, it was actually her. She says, I'm, I'm kind of worried because I took Seiko, you know, her dog out for a walk. And, and if it wasn't for, wasn't for Seiko, I wouldn't have been able to find my way home. And we're like, oh my gosh. And then, you know, of course she was um, diagnosed with early stages of Alzheimer and dementia. So um, what should a caregiver do first, Bill? It's kind of a two-edged or I guess, let me ask another question. When did you, um, oh yeah, yes, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead, go ahead. What should a caregiver do first? Right, it's a two-edged sword. One, you definitely want to make sure they are safe uh -huh. and getting good care either at home or someplace. I mean, that's, those are things you need to start asking. The other is to be looking at the legal aspects and finances because do you have power of attorney to handle their affairs? Do you have the advanced directive to know what their wishes are or to be their personal health representative? Yeah. Is, 
if it's getting further along, is there a pulse to physician's order for life-sustaining treatment? And then of course, you're getting into wills, trust, and everything else. Who else should be involved? What support is available? Not all family members are gonna be cooperative and they may have ulterior motives. They may give you unsolicited advice. I've got yeah. some answers for those if you wanna ask. <laughs> and these are some of the first questions because we all knew there was something wrong. Did we question it? Did we discuss it? Absolutely, we didn't. Did we know exactly what was wrong? No. Mm-hmm. You may see other signs like uh, mom's cooking her recipe, but for some reason it doesn't quite taste the taste same. Tastes the same. Yeah. You may not be putting yep. all the right ingredients. Hopefully, she's not yeah. putting something bad in there. Yeah. Dad keeps asking the same question When's Johnny coming home? When's yes. my appointment? Are there dents and scratches on that new car? Yeah. So watching out for those, you know, for those little things. Um, yeah, for sure. So Bill, uh, who are your ideal or typical clients and when uh, should you be connecting with them or when should people be getting you connected with those clients? Well, like I mentioned about the, uh, the chowder at the beginning of the meal as early as possible, yeah. uh, partly because I can help them more. Physicians can help them more, but the more that you plan, prepare, you're being proactive is highly advantageous. Having to react in a crisis is going to be emotional, urgent, and you're going to have fewer options. So yes, yes it's possible. Don't put it, don't say, oh, they're just getting older. Oh, they're tired. They're just stressed and sweeping under the rug. Have the conversation. Need to have those difficult conversations first. It's like anything else. Procrastination does not uh, get you anywhere, but ultimately, eventually a disaster scenario and an urgent scenario. Very quickly, as we know, many aging parents or family members may say, we're fine. We don't need help. We've always been independent. And this is where you, if you're the sole person to be talking to them or your siblings or other family members have the conversation, you may have to do a kind of a group intervention of sorts. But again, get the help and get the, get the documents in place. Absolutely. And I would imagine earlier in the stage as well, before they get to the, um, that, uh, um, anxiety space to where they're going to start fighting, um, most likely they're going to be more open to, yeah, let's kind of figure out, you know, what plans are right. When you get to, when you wait too long, then that's when that personality shift is coming in and it's going to be more challenging there. So Bill, did you ever imagine that you would become a caregiver, then a volunteer and then an advisor for caregivers? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what I provide is advice, resources, support, and, uh, and uh, referrals as needed. I, because I am fairly unique, there are very few people doing what I'm doing around the country. Most people are focused, again, on the care recipient and their specialty, like housing or home care, that type of thing, or elder law. I'm like a coordinator, a guide, advisor. Some people may call me a quarterback. Uh, I am a connector and a, and a uh, 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 networker. So I like to look at the big picture. And like you were talking about earlier, uh, put the right people together. Who yeah. else should they be talking to? Yeah. Not just, you know, a housing person, elder law, but all the people, all the care. And I try to put together the care team and the care plan for the family. Yeah, what so a huge benefit. What was that? So they sleep better at night. 
Yeah. Huge benefit of, um, you know, and anything that you're looking at doing is look at your, your expert that you're with right now and let them lead you to the people that you need to be with, because that's part of their expertise and in building that network that's specific for uh, product and service that they offer. So Bill, what is the difference? Can you explain the difference between Alzheimer's and dementia? And I'm having a hard time saying it because I've always said um, Alzheimer and I, I eventually figured out I was um, saying it incorrectly and now I just can't say it correctly today. But anyways, what is the difference between the two of them? Uh, let me give you an analogy. Uh, when we think about cancer and there are different types, lung cancer, breast cancer, prostate, et cetera, those are different kinds of cancer and cancer is the umbrella term. Mm -hmm. Dementia is the umbrella term. Alzheimer's happens to be, unfortunately too, the most prevalent. Uh, it is terminal. There is still no cure. It's the sixth leading cause of death. It is a progressive debilitating disease that starts in the hippocampus and into the cortex and eventually takes over all functions, not just memory, but uh, spatial, uh, executive functioning, all those, all those areas. And eventually the body just starts shutting down and it is gut-wrenching. Yeah. It is aggravating to watch a loved one go through that. Yeah, yes, definitely. Uh, for sure it is. Uh, Bill, what resources are available and how can someone find those? And this would be, a, this is a good segue from your earlier question. And it's one of the first things I did is to look at resources or organizations like the Alzheimer's Association. And even though that is in the name, they cover all types of dementia. They are national. There's, you're near the Canadian border. Any listeners up there? The, the, the Alzheimer's uh, Society up there or, or network, and they have support groups, they have education, uh, they're doing research, all kinds of things that are beneficial, not only the caregivers, but hopefully the future uh, care, uh, care recipients. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Bill, what are the biggest problems and concerns for caregivers? Burning out or worse. Yeah. If they don't take care of themselves and be watching out for their own health, they can get burned out, they can get sick or worse. Here's a very telling and troubling statistic. And this, it's a little bit of the extreme, but we know that it is a higher risk factor the older you get. Mm -hmm. Let me preface that. Dementia is not a normal part of aging, but as you age, your risk level goes higher. Yeah. But, uh, we need to look at taking steps preventatively uh, going forward uh, to take care of it. So yeah, yeah. it's preventable. Uh, there's a lot of uh, factors uh, regarding dementia. Uh, it can be for lack of uh, nutrition, bad sleep, uh, overuse of alcohol, brain trauma, all kinds yeah. of well, yeah, speaking from experience, uh, we had my mother-in-law had caregivers, um, you know, that came into her home. Um, but my husband was just, you know, managing through that process and managing when they weren't, you know, the times that they weren't there, that was stressful. I mean, he wasn't even doing things full-time. He was just stepping in until, you know, and eventually, uh, we, she's currently in a home now, but, uh, yeah, that's wearing. And then if you are a caregiver for your loved one, just think the emotional, um, uh, stress on top of that, because it's your loved one. So you have to take even extra special care of yourself more than you would have normally, because a lot of that energy is being 
being um, given in that space. And you, you've got to have the space for yourself to emotionally be able to deal with the fact that you're watching uh, your mother or your father or your grandparents uh, go through this as you're trying to be a caregiver for them. And that's why I think it's, you know, it's best to really make sure that you're hiring some. I apologize. I got off on a tangent on the statistic I was going to mention. You what? I got, I didn't say the statistic I was going to mention. Yes. Is that we, we get off in tangents, right? Is that when you're talking about people over 70 years of age, caregivers for someone living with dementia, about two thirds of the time they pre-decease the person they're caring for. Really? That is really troubling, but it's also preventable because if you take care of your own health, you go for a massage, you go to see your own doctor, you get your exercise, things like that, it is preventable. Yeah. Yeah. So Bill, uh, how do you work, um, and help with families and their person living with dementia? So both in person and virtually, uh, one of the, uh, side of, uh, benefits to the pandemic has been uh, for many of us has been starting to work more virtually and beyond maybe our physical area. And I like to say, Gondra, we got handed lemons, I make limoncello. So (laughs) I've been able to work with families all over the country, virtually, as well as people in person here. And it always starts with an initial consultation like many professionals we are. Uh Uh, There's no no obligation, no cost. And then I work either on a monthly or an hourly basis. It is strictly private pay, just uh, not involved with Medicare or insurance, et cetera. And like I said earlier, ask a lot of questions, do a lot of listening, find out what their needs are from legal, financial, the care, the health, what support you need, family dynamics, what's the current housing situation? Uh, are you going to a support group? I mean, I think about my two aunts. And I said at one point, are you getting counseling? Are you going to a support group? Oh, we don't need that. Yeah. And I think it was partly cultural and, and mm. generational. Yeah. But I remember when mom was on hospice and a, the social worker was there and my aunt would be talking to her. And I'm thinking, now you're getting some support. Now you're getting some yes. Didn't matter what they were talking about, but she was yeah. getting support. Sure. She, it was very stressful. That was her older yeah. sister. Yeah, I it it, it is um, watching a loved one go through something um, so traumatic. So we talked about you know, initial uh, meeting with you. Consultation is um, is complimentary. How are you compensated moving forward? Okay, uh, again, it be on either on a monthly basis, which gives you several uh, hours of care and support and advice, and or it can be uh, by the hour seventy five dollars an hour. Uh-huh. Uh, the monthly fee is 300 and that's usually for ongoing, complicated, and or long distance situations. Got so it. Okay. Purposely very important. Yes. So Bill, as I'm wrapping up my time with you uh, here today, we have uh, less than a minute to go. Can you answer, um, uh, share about your volunteer work, including uh, support group fundraising and advocacy? would love to. Proud of that. Uh, very happy to do it. I, I think I mentioned uh, the walk and Alzheimer's is my ninth year leading team show and my mother's honor. I lead three different support groups. Some are in person, some are virtual and doing a memory cafe, as well as, uh, like I said, advocacy of the legislature. I am very involved with my local chamber of commerce. I was volunteer of the year a couple of years ago. Congratulations. Just, uh, yep. So that's just an example. I love to give back community and to 
help others as much as I can. Yeah, that is wonderful. Well, Bill, thank you so much for coming in. Uh, thank you for uh, taking care of our seniors, the seniors that need you most. Really appreciate it. Thank you. And I want to give a, a shout out and a thanks to both of my guests. Shelly, again, thank you for being here today and allowing me to uh, share you and your business with my listeners. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, please call the show if you'd like to get connected with either of my guests, Shelly or Bill. You can call the show at 1-855-411-50 or you can go online to themoneyhour.com. Tina Mitchell, your host and your local mortgage expert, Got to sign up for the day. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Look forward to talking more money with you next weekend right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited.